Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pet Biz Hive, where I help you go from overwhelm, indecisiveness, and uncertainty to feeling clarity in your purpose, resolved in your process, and confident in your ability to serve people. Today is Tip Tuesday, where I come up with a little something for you to help you move your business forward. I am going to talk today about event planning. Of course, we are coming up on the busy event season. Summer and especially fall are usually super busy in the community to have events, expos, rescue fundraisers. Uh, There is usually a huge list in most large communities. So we need to take a step back and figure out, uh, of course, first of all, if this is something that is going to be worth our time. And if we decide that it is, we need to put a lot of planning into it. This is not just something where you pay a booth fee, buy a tablecloth, show up and hope for the best. There is a lot of planning that goes into any kind of an event or booth to make it effective for your business. So the first step in that would be the planning step. Uh, Don't know if you've done an event before. If you haven't, then great. You're going to start at ground zero with my nine tips for having a successful event. So planning, planning. Number one, you need to make up a to-do list before you do anything else. Would definitely recommend coming up with the purpose of you being at this event. Are you at a rescue event and you just want to be seen by rescue people? You want to look supportive? Are you at some sort of a large expo where you are trying to get as many client leads as possible? I would certainly hope any event you go to is not just out of the kindness of your heart for a fundraiser, but you are attempting to get leads and grow your business. So that is the direction that this whole podcast is going to be for today. So planning, make up that to-do list. There are several things that you need to have on it for most of these items. You need to plan a month or two in advance unless you just happen to have all of the supplies ready and available. So one of the first things that really helps you out in event is getting in touch with the organizer. When, I mean, of course, this is for smaller events. If if it's an extremely large expo, which I don't even know if the pet expo exists anymore uh, after COVID, but uh, large expo, it's a little harder to meet the organizer, but it's a great thing to contact them ahead of time and ask them who you should meet. Develop that relationship with the organizer. Uh, They are there to help. A lot of times no one asks them. People just come do their thing and leave, but They will know who the other vendors are. Maybe there's some professional contacts that you need to make. And showing interest, they can also uh, possibly give you preferential booth placement, um, you know, maybe get some other perks that are involved. So you never know what can happen if you network with people. So get to know that organizer. See if you can help them with their process. Of course, the next one, number three, you definitely want to have an inviting and, of course, obvious booth. Uh, Make sure that any kind of graphics that you have, banners that you have are very clear and easy to read from 20 feet away. 
You want to make sure it's a very comfortable booth. Usually what I see people doing is you have maybe a 10 by 10 booth and somebody has a six or eight foot table at the front of the booth and they are standing behind it. That is not very inviting. What you instead want to do, of course, you will have a table. Have it halfway into the booth or at the back of the booth. Invite people into your booth. If it's an outdoor event, an event with dogs, make sure that you have water bowls that are being replenished regularly so people have a reason to stop with their dogs. Um, A lot of these events, you have people who are coming to get freebies and find out about new companies. So you want to make sure that these people come into your booth so you have the opportunity to talk to them. Of course, that way you also have the people that are staffing the booth out in front. So ideally, you would have someone that would be handing information to people that are passing by. But definitely something that is welcoming to get them to come into the booth. If you have that table in the front, invariably, you end up having people sit in chairs looking bored as death. And that is not inviting at all. So make sure it is a very inviting booth environment. Number four, you need to figure out what to do for giveaways. Now, in a lot of cases, you can make this very simple. You can just have your marketing materials, uh, brochure, a rack card, business cards. Um, That is fine if that's all that you can manage to do is hand out some literature, maybe some flyers. But kind of think creatively. There are some other things in the market that you can have as giveaways at your table. Some of the things that we've used in the past before, probably the least expensive was wooden nickels. Um, Kind of aging myself here. But wooden nickels, um, what are they? I mean, they're bigger than nickels. They're an inch in diameter. You can get these custom printed with ours. It's just little discs of wood that you can hand out, but it is something unique. Most people do not see. We would have our logo on one side and the other side would be a coupon offer. I think we probably had $5 off a visit with the booking of five visits or more. Um, So that is one opportunity. Those are super, super inexpensive. Um, Another possible opportunity for you if you're going to be at a large event and want to have kind of a community service built in, you can get um, the Rescue My Pet window clings. You can have those custom made with your business information on them. This is one of the items that I have on my 100 top marketing ideas, which is uh, there to download on the website, petsitterguru.com. So these end up running, if you're buying a bulk supply, maybe 50 cents a piece. And they are amazingly well received in the community. Uh, if you go onto um, any pet website, Etsy, anything like that, you'll find these for $2 to $5, I've seen, just depending on them. And you giving them away to the community is, of course, showing them that you're very focused on the safety of their pets. And it's um, just a super big benefit to get your name out there and make you get recognized. They can also be used to take to different firehouses as give outs from the firehouse for community events. 
So that is a possibility for you. Um, I have, of course, my source on uh, the marketing sheet also, if you, if you go to our website to take a look at that. So that is a wonderful idea. Of course, many times I've seen some of the more expensive items, the custom printed poop bag holders. Um, we have given away canned food lids, the rubber jar openers. Um, there's just a lot of different print options out there. On my marketing list, I have some sources for those also. Typically, those items will run you 2 to $3. So that is a little bit higher ticket of an item. And usually when you're getting a custom print, you're going to have to buy minimum quantities. So that's another thing to keep in mind. But you really want to be strategic about the type of giveaway that you have and matching it to your event. So in our experience, I have noticed things like the large pet expos, those draw freebie seekers. So these are the people that are just wanting to walk around. You recognize them from a mile away. They're stopping at every table. They're grabbing every pen, every freebie they can. A lot of times they will have brought their own large shopping bag in with them. So you just don't want to end up having expensive or larger, you know, cost items as giveaways if you're at those types of events. I usually find more success with the outdoor events, the, you know, larger rescue fundraisers, the um, Trails for Tales 5K fundraisers, things like that. You're not going to have as many of those freebie seekers and a lot of those will be a little more intentional about why they are there and why they are walking around and looking at different booths. They are truly interested in what the different booths have to offer. So you need to strategically think about that. A lot of those items you need to order at least a month in advance. Moving on to the next one, number five, have some sort of catchy attire. So, you know, it's it's not really recommended to be in an event and have like a stiff white shirt on or anything like that. We are in a fun industry. This is a great opportunity to come up with a super fun slogan for a shirt or something that is a little out of the ordinary that people will stop and say, wow, okay, you know, I'm paying attention to you now. So make sure you have something pretty cool on. If it is having a brightly colored shirt, anything like that just so you can get people to stop and, and pay attention to what you're saying. Next item on the list, number six. Of course, with these outdoor events, these rescue events, hello, take a dog if you can have one. Having a dog at these types of booths, sometimes you can ask permission and it will be surprising. You can find out that, of course, you can have a dog there. In some cases, if you say it's a dog that is a rescue dog up for adoption, you can get the dog in the door easier than you can just bringing in your own personal dog. I'm not saying lie about anything. Tandem with a rescue organization, maybe share a booth, have their rep come in with you with this dog and some of their own literature. But a dog is a great attention grabber. I have many times sponsored a rescue group in my booth at a show. Number seven on the list of things to do for an event. 
you want to make sure that you have the right staff and the right schedule. So if you have an employee who's a little bit quiet, this is probably not the side thing that they need to be doing. You need to have some of your more dynamic, outgoing people who are very comfortable with your company. They know the ins and outs of your company, and they are going to be prepared to answer any question that someone might have. There is nothing worse than going up to a booth and you find out it's somebody's daughter that they have working and they say, oh, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. Let me go ask my mom. That is not a very professional presentation. So make sure that you have people that are very well versed on your business and how your business works and that are really willing to really engage in conversation with people. They are willing to ask people what kind of pets do you have and can carry on that conversation and then go into explaining the type of services that you provide. And then scheduling. Uh, scheduling can be crazy, especially if you are dealing with some of these full day or multi-day events. I usually recommend if you are staffing those that you staff on four-hour shifts and you overlap those shifts by a half an hour. Um, you know, stay in close communication and, you know, make sure that there are always two people in the booth. Usually my recommendation, if you can do it, because, you know, guys, we have potty breaks. We have to do that. We might have to go get something to drink. If you've got somebody, somebody who is engaged in a great conversation with a potential client and somebody else comes in the booth, you don't want them to have to stop that conversation to start a new one. And you don't want that person just wandering away if it's another potential client. So just make sure you do have a good schedule of staffing with preferably two people in the booth during each shift. Number eight on the list, which is one of the two most important things I would have to say about running an event, is your lead retrieval and that being tied in with some sort of a giveaway. So it is super uber important to make sure that there is going to be a result from your event and your time investment and sometimes money investment. With lead retrieval, that is making sure that you have a way to contact any potential clients after the event. Now, this is not just, hey, I'm going to hand you my business card and I hope you call me. That is not going to be very productive for your results. You need to be intentional about how you get those leads. So one thing that I like to do that seems to work well with a lot of people is have some sort of a giveaway or a contest. Um, there are lots of different ideas. Go out there and Google different contest ideas for a booth. Um, you know, in some situations, I've seen people with some sort of a game set up that you, you know, name an email address and you play the game and you win an immediate prize. One of the ones that we have done most recently was taking a large container, um, probably, oh, it was a more of a cylindrical thing, about a foot in um, diameter and probably a foot and a half tall, so significant size. And we filled it with unique, cute dog treats. And it was a guess how many dog treats are in the container. Of course, if they were closest to the answer, they got 
all of the dog treats. So it is a little annoying having to count all those dog treats. And once you do, make sure your dog doesn't get into the dog treats. So I'm just saying we had that happen once. So we have um, a CRM, which is Customer Relationship Management Software. There are a lot of them out there that are free up to, you know, maybe 500 contacts, which is a great way to get you started on building your email and potential client list. So um, you can definitely Google the free CRMs that are out there and, and take a look and see which one works well for you. Um, I believe on my marketing list, I do have the one that we use listed, but you definitely want to have a CRM so you can contact people. The nice thing about most of the, you know, well-built softwares is having the ability to build lead pages and forms. In this case, we used a form it was a simple form. It just had, give me your first name, give me your email address. And then the third line was, how many treats do you think are in the container? And then they would hit submit. So we had a little iPad. They would put their answer in, hit submit, and then they were entered. And then after the event, we looked at all the entries which were submitted to us in our CRM, along with everybody's first name and email address. And then we were able to find who was closest and contact them directly. We additionally had all of those email addresses for number nine, which is the second most important thing about an event, your follow-up. You want to make sure that you value these email addresses and you contact these people. So you want to have a wonderful email thanking them for coming to your booth um, you can make the announcement of who won the treats, and then you have the opportunity to go into a little bit more about your company. You have these emails. I would recommend building a little email funnel to send out to them over the next week to two weeks after the event. Each email would have a different topic. So you get them to know your company. Maybe you have one with testimonials. There are several different options. Um, I have some more training on this. Developing email funnels for potential clients is a huge benefit to the company and is really going to increase the number of clients that you get in. But that's for another podcast. So we have gone over nine different key things to do to plan for an event so you have a successful event. One more time, make sure you plan, have an excellent to-do list on the front end. Number two, meet with the organizer if you have the opportunity. You never know what networking can do for you. Number three, have an inviting booth that welcomes people in, which is the look of the booth and also your booth setup. Number four, Figure out what you're going to do for giveaways. Make sure that they are strategic to the environment and they will be well-received. Number five, what your staff wears in the booth. Try to have something that is catchy, bright colored, something that does attract attention. Number six, of course, have a dog if you are able to bring one in. Tandem with rescue if you are able to. 
Number seven, making sure that you have the right staff there that is going to best engage your prospects and that you have an effective schedule to work in the booth. Number eight, make sure that you have a format for lead retrieval that is tied to some sort of a giveaway or contest. And finally, number nine, make sure you follow up with those people. Take advantage of all of that time you spent in planning and execution and enjoy those new clients. Thanks for listening in on today's podcast at the Pet Biz Hive, and we will talk to you next week for Tips Tuesday.